You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. What's up, faithful? You're listening to another episode of the 49ers West Zone No Huddle Podcast. I am Brian Rennick, and I am joined, as always, by the legendary Al Sacco. Al, we uh, we previewed this game. Uh, we recorded on Thursday, and uh, you should have gone with your gut because you said when this schedule released uh, that your gut said that this could be a loss. In fact, I, if I remember correctly, I don't know if we both did, but I know I predicted a loss in our season preview uh, just based on the situation. But then this team came out and just lit the NFL world on fire for five straight weeks. And we thought, hey, you know what? There's very little chance that this team is probably going to lose this game. And guess what? Four Niners lost to the Browns 19 to 17. There's a lot to talk about in this one. How'd you feel? It's all shit. It was all shit, Brian. All of it. The whole damn, whole damn day. No, listen, here's how I'm looking at this game right now. I'm a big Yankee fan, as most of you listen to this show know. And Joe Torre, who's the legendary manager for the Yankees from 1996 to, I think, 2007. And the Yankees were always really good during those times. So what Torre used to say when the Yankees would come out and suck and just have a horrible game, he'd say, that was a turn-the-page game. That's all it is. And we're coming back tomorrow. And that's what this was to me. What that means is... This is not the team that you are. This is not the team that you're going to be most of the time. It was a horrible day. They stunk in so many ways, and we'll get into it. But at the end of it, you have to turn the page and just move on to next week and continue to be the team that you are. That's what I feel like they're going to do. I said on the show earlier, if they lose, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to go crazy. It was a frustrating day for sure. There were things that happened that worried me. There were things that happened that I kind of think just happened in a vacuum and they won't happen again. Um, 
and then you move on to a Vikings team you should destroy. So that's where we are. But having said that, this game was frustrating as hell. Yeah. Frustrating as hell. Here's where I yeah. thought the first yeah. sorry, sorry, I was gonna say the first Go for big Go for Niners came out and looked first drive looked great, right? They yeah, looked they like did. they wanted to come out and really punch with the Browns. They're gonna be physical and run. Um, and the Browns were they had two big penalties. They pushed McCaffrey going out of bounds. There was a face mask. And then they have a nice touchdown where they take advantage of Miles Garrett being overly aggressive. Purdy flips the ball to McCaffrey. It's seven nothing. And all of a sudden, here we go. We're, we're right back where we were. The Niners look great on offense. And then Fred Warner, the Browns were surprisingly moving the ball. And that'll be a theme mm-hmm. we'll talk about too. Mm-hmm. But then Fred Warner comes up with a big interception, runs the ball inside the 30. And I thought he just took all the momentum the Browns had and just squashed it. And now you're ready yep. to go up two scores. But yep. You have a screen pass that loses eight yards. They had mm-hmm. another negative play. And then Moody, this three yarder is not anyone's fault, especially outdoors like that. That is not an easy kick. I'm not saying that and Moody was at fault for wins. this. Yeah. Well, well Mayoko said that it wasn't windy when he kicked it. I read a tweet. He said there was no wind. The first the that, first so. kick that he missed or the second one? The first one, I'm pretty sure I read a tweet by Mayoko saying that there was really no wind when he kicked that. But it was 54 oh, okay. yards. Either, either yeah. way, win, no win. It's not an easy kick. But yeah. what that play did to me was it just sort of changed the game in the sense that I think if the Browns go down two scores, they get a little bit deflated. They didn't, and now all of a sudden they have new life again, and, and it's a different game. And after that, things just got a little bit ugly. But that was the first play to me where I was like, oh, we may come back and look at this as, as being a big one. And not just a field goal, but the negative plays before the field goal, and it ended up being big. Yeah, you know, and when we preview this game, we said this is the biggest test the 49ers have faced uh on off- offensively, right? That the that the Cleveland mm-hmm. Browns defense was no joke. And uh that bore itself out. And that was the thing is, you know, that first drive like you said, they came out and they marched down the field and they scored a touchdown and you thought, okay, like this Browns defense is good, but again, this this 49ers offense is operating on just another level mm-hmm. and you know football is a game of momentum and i feel like to me i i think i think the 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 momentum shifted when trent williams went down now i know that he came back but you know i, I think that rattled the team because i would argue Outside of Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams is probably the one player that you cannot lose on this team. And he went down and it didn't look great. Uh, You know, he came back and he even said after the game, which I appreciate, he said, you know, I gutted it out because I didn't want to put the team and Jalen Moore in a bad spot going against Mm -hmm. Miles Garrett, who is arguably the best pure pass rusher in the NFL. You know, I think full stop. And that's no shade to Nick Bosa. I just think Miles Garrett is is just a, a bit more physically imposing than Nick mm. Bosa is. But again, that's no shade to Nick Bosa. I think that's one two in terms of top guys in the NFL. And so that that one I think kind of took the wind out of the sails a little bit. And then you know Schwartz Schwartz made some adjustments, obviously, because that team again marched down the field. And then outside of that first drive, offense was really, really, really difficult to come by 
the entire game. That Cleveland Browns defense yeah. is no joke. They are the best defense in the NFL. And in my opinion, it's not even close because this team, this Browns team held down a 49ers offense that was averaging 34 points a game, held them to 17. Meanwhile, the 49ers defense, which is really good, allowed a P.J. Walker-led offense without Nick Chubb to score 19. And that's where I feel like this was a game where the defense needed the, – the 49ers defense needed to be the 49ers defense – because the offense, it was going to be difficult to come by points, and they weren't. And and that is, you know, that's really the, to me, the, the story of the game. Not that the defense played bad, but again, you're talking about a P.J. Walker-led offense. You've got right. to really impose your will on that. And they didn't. And so, you know, the offense didn't play well. Brock Purdy didn't play well. Christian McCaffrey left the game early. Debo Samuel left the game early. There was just a lot of things that went wrong, but you also got to look at it and say with everything that happened in this game and with how poorly Brock Purdy played for basically the whole game, he still brought the team in field goal range to win the game. And that to me is, is a, a promising thing to take away from this game is that again, despite the adversity when the game was on the line, he stepped up and he led them down and put them in position to win. He can't kick the field goal, so there's not a whole lot you can do there. But there's a lot to take away from this game, both positive and negative. To me, that's the biggest positive, though. You know, I, I tweeted right after all the things that stunk, and, and, and there was a long list of, of things that stunk in this game. And let's let's start – well, let's start, I guess, I'll – group this into the passing offense. And yeah. with that, I'm going to group in the offensive line, Brock Purdy, and, and even Brandon Ayuk, who had a couple yeah. drops today. Yeah. Now, you mentioned points were hard to come by, and you were right. But there were two plays that totally – there are a lot of plays that would have changed things around, but two mm -hmm. that I'm going to sing, point out that would have changed everything. The first was on a third and 13. I think it was beginning of the second quarter, into the first. I don't quite remember. But Purdy's mm -hmm. got pressure in his face like he did a yeah. lot of the day. Yep. And he chucks one downfield, and mm -hmm. Brandon Ayuk is ready. Beautiful a throw. Beautiful throw with pressure mm -hmm. right off Brandon Ayuk's hands. Yep. If Ayuk comes down with that, even if you get three there, it's different. The mm -hmm. other play was towards the end of the second quarter. Browns jump off sides. They had a free play. Mm -hmm. Christian McCaffrey is wide, wide open. open. Yep. I mean, there was nobody around him. Easy yep. touchdown. And Purdy airmails it. Yep. Which was a theme for Purdy today. Purdy was really inaccurate today. A lot of balls mm -hmm. were sailing on him. He was throwing behind some people. I mean, he stunk. He stunk yeah. today. He had a yep. few good throws. I thought that throw to Ayuk was good. He made some some shitty throws and some good throws mm -hmm. on the last drive to set up the field mm -hmm. goal attempt. But overall, he stunk. Did he have yep. any protection? No, because no. the offensive line stunk today. Stunk. It wasn't very good at all. So they had a hard time getting any rhythm on offense. But even with all that, they might have had. 24 points at the end of the first half if they hit yeah. on those two plays. Yeah. That's just those little things that, that, that they couldn't do in this game that, that was really frustrating. And then Debo gets hurt. McCaffrey ultimately gets hurt. They said Debo should be okay. McCaffrey, as of, as of when we're recording this, they don't know yet, which we'll talk yeah. about that because that's a little bit scary. Yes. You mentioned Trent Williams was at best banged up. Mm -hmm. So that was just them in the – that's just in the first half shooting themselves in the feet with those plays because as hard as it was for points to come by and as ugly as this team looked, 
they might have had 21, 24 points at halftime if they just hit yeah. on a couple things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this was this is this was the biggest test that this offensive line faced all season, and they failed miserably. I mean, if we're just being mm-hmm. perfectly honest, they failed miserably. Spencer Burford just had his lunch money stolen. Snap after snap after snap by Dalvin Tomlinson. And Purdy had no time to throw. They were not biting on play action. And to me, I think one of the biggest takeaways is there aren't very many defensive lines like the Browns have in the NFL. Uh, The 49ers have one. But I will say this, in December, they will face one in Philadelphia. And they are going to have to be significantly better than they were today if they have any you know any hope of winning that game and to me it it really highlights I guess you could say it highlights one of the weaknesses of this Kyle Shanahan offensive system and that is this this offensive system and 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 you could argue most offensive systems so I mean this I don't think this is unique to the 49ers but this offense is reliant on being ahead of the chains in order to be efficient and in order to be uh, as explosive as we've seen it be through the first five weeks. And if they're not, they struggle significantly. And it's because there is, there isn't much of a drop back passing game in this offense. The passing game is tied so intimately with the run game and with play action and with boots and things like that, that if that stuff isn't working, there aren't a ton of just straight up five, seven step drops and, you know, three, four wide receivers out in the pattern, you know, to come back in games if you're behind or whatever the case may be. But not only that, this offensive line isn't built to pass protect in the traditional sense, a drop back passing protection scheme right they are built to be a fluid offensive line they are smaller they are lighter because they have to pull they have to move they have to get to the second level in the run game all this stuff and this has been a weakness of a Shanahan offense since Mike Shanahan uh, was, was coaching offense right they were always had smaller offensive linemen because they needed to be more athletic. They needed to be able to, to do the, you know, they need to be able to execute those reach blocks. They need to be, be able to execute those pulls, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And when it's working, it's gangbusters. But if you're behind and now all of a sudden you've got to, like I said, you've, you've got to just rely on a, a, a straight up drop, drop back passing attack. It, it just isn't really there for them, both in the playbook and uh, as as an offensive line, and so I think that is that is to me one of the biggest things that that led to what we saw today, um, and and one of the reasons why why they struggled so much because Cleveland just absolutely stole that offensive line's lunch money, mm-hmm. snap after snap after snap, and like I said, there aren't many that can but there's one that exists in, in Philadelphia. And, and right now that's the team that you have to beat if you're hoping to get to the Super Bowl. So that's yeah, a concern yeah. for me. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, and, and that's your main competition. And, and I understand that long term, that is a concern. That's something that I think I'm not saying it's a glaring, oh, my God, something needs to be done. But it's it's something you're con- you're concerned about right now. Mm-hmm. It's a, for sure, something that's going to hop in your mind that, OK, down the road, like you said, against a really good defensive line, are we going to have issues? They did in the playoffs against Dallas the first three quarters. I know that didn't show up last yeah. week, but they, they did last year, those first three quarters against Dallas. But as I go on with this, I, I do want to reiterate, I think the Niners are going to be fine. I think this is a blip. In the yeah. But what we're doing on this podcast is reviewing week six. So we're speaking to what we saw today. So before yep. I got to hear a million people in like comments and everything else, <laughs> like, oh, you guys are haters, blah, blah, blah. We're not saying we're worried. We're, we're, re- we're talking about what happened today. That's it. Okay. Just putting that yeah. out there. So the other thing that happened today is we go through things that stunk. I thought this defense stunk. And you say, wait a minute, Al, 19 points. They had two turnovers. Bosa had a big sack. Yeah, okay, that stuff happened, but let's look at the whole game. They stunk. This was a P.J. Walker-led offense. Maybe mm-hmm. they really missed Dre Greenlaw, who didn't play today. Well, they certainly missed Dre Greenlaw, who didn't play yeah. today. But if you look at what happened in the game with the Browns, they possessed the hell out of the ball. They ran. They had 334 total yards to the Niners, 215. Um, they ran 34 times for 160 yards. And there were some times when it looked like they were just no, could do anything running the ball mm-hmm. on a couple plays. Mm-hmm. Um, when they needed big stops, they're getting 15 yards, 20 yards on, on a few plays. And it was, it was definitely very frustrating there. Another thing that's not going to show up in the box score are the throws that PJ Walker missed. There were yeah. a few instances where there were wide open Browns receivers, mm-hmm. wide open and Walker, just PJ Walker did. Could have been a lot worse in the two turnovers. The play by Warner, I thought was 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 a good play. He kind of read it, but the throw to Lenore was just he just threw it right to him. Just it was a bad a terrible throw. throw. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, awful. Um, then he almost got picked towards the end of the game, thrown in the end zone. I mean, mm-hmm. PJ Walker really tried to give this game to the 49ers. And I said towards the end, the Niners defense was sort of bend but don't break the whole game. Mm-hmm. But towards the end, you cannot let PJ Walker drive drive down the field. Now, right, there were two awful penalties. Awful. So another yeah. thing in this game that stunk the officiating. It was a sloppy game. Mm-hmm. There were how many how many total penalties between these two teams? Twenty five pen- accepted penalties yeah. between these two teams today for two hundred and four yards. I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. But towards the end of the game, you get the defenseless receiver penalty on Gibson, which was bullshit. Awful. You have yeah. to start reviewing these. You have yes. to. Start, if if the refs cannot be 
have enough wherewithal to keep flags in their pockets towards the end of games. And they don't because we see this constantly, unless it's an obvious call. If it's a borderline thing like that, keep your flag in your pocket. They just called that because it looked bad. He didn't go near it. He didn't hit him in the head. He hit him in the shoulder. It was awful. And then they well, call whatever they call yeah. holding on ward. On, on ward, are, yeah. Are you kidding me? If you look at yeah. the, you're, you call that? The most ticky-tack play, holding mm-hmm. call, awful. And even if it is a little borderline, again, I'm of the belief you don't call it that stuff at the end of the game. So yeah. was it frustrating that those two things were sort of handed to the Browns? Yeah. Well, was it the next play, Jerome Ford just broke like a 15-yard run? So those things happen too. The Niners D had to come out today and pick the offense up a little bit. And they they didn't really do that. They didn't play awful. No. But given the circumstances, they they I thought that they should have played better. For today in a vacuum, I thought they stunk as well. Yeah. You know, and and that that I think more than that holding call. Excuse me. The the call against Gibson, the you know, the un- unnecessary roughness penalty, you know, um, rich Madrid, who, uh, is a, a 49ers Twitter legend. You know, he tweeted that the refs are always going to err on the side of caution. And, and that is likely because the, the NFL ignored concussions for so long that now it's like, now they're overcorrecting. Right. And I get that. And that's fine. And I don't, I, I won't even argue against that, but here's the thing. If you're going to err on the side of caution, then those penalties could be automatically reviewable. It, they just should because, yeah. because the review showed clearly that that was a clean hit. And, and I also understand that in the blink of an eye, that's a difficult call to make because it did. It looked awful. It looked awful on TV. I can't imagine what it looked like on the field, but that's my point. If you want your refs to err on the side of caution, then you have to be able to correct an incorrect call. Not that the not that the team should be able to throw the flag. That should just be an automatically review automatically mm-hmm. reviewed by the booth. It just should be. And that's that should be part of the conversation. And like I've said in the past, there are very, very, very simple solutions to this epidemic of shitty officiating affecting NFL games week in and week out, and the NFL refuses to address it, which tells me, as Herm Edwards has always said, if you if if you are accepting it, then you're essentially coaching it, right? If you're allowing it to happen, then you're essentially saying, we're okay with this, mm-hmm. right? And that's what they're doing right now. They're They're just saying, look, we know. We know that our refs, blow calls all the time. We also know that it affects the outcomes of games more often than it doesn't. And we're okay with that. And that's just nonsense. That's not, mm. that's not for, for the, you know, the, the richest sports behemoth in the United States to accept shitty officiating is, is kind of pathetic if we're being perfectly honest. So you cannot blame the refs for this game. The 49ers, and, and we said this as well. The I, I don't know that the Browns beat the 49ers. I think the 49ers beat the 49ers, but I do want to give credit where it's due. The Browns played a hell of a game on defense. They are they have a terrific an incredible defense. defense. Yeah, they are terrific. And they are 
they are better than the 49ers on defense. And I have no problem saying that. And kudos to Jim Schwartz because that is largely the same personnel that they had last year when they sucked. So he has had a huge impact on, on this team. And, you know, once again, Kyle Shanahan lost to Jim Schwartz. He's one and nine now. So obviously Schwartz knows a little bit something about defending this Shanahan offense. And I have to think that, you know, teams are going to start watching this tape to be like, Hey, what is it that he did that, mm-hmm. that kind of slowed them down? And, you know, not every team has that defensive line. So, you know, it's, it's not yeah. going to be exactly the same, but if you, um, you need a wet field yeah. and, a, and a great defensive line, that's not always going to happen. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I am hesitant to, to blame the weather because it did rain, but it didn't rain the whole game. Um, and I don't know that just, to me, that feels a little bit like an excuse more than a reason. Um, but you know, it was obvious, it it was obvious that, but it was obvious, especially to end the first half that Purdy was struggling with a wet ball and that could be an issue moving forward. Uh, he has the same size hands as Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo had trouble, uh, throwing the ball in the rain as well. So, um, that could be an issue for him. Yep. Small hands, but you know, (laughs) those are the kind of things that, that all of this talk about, like, you know, we need to see Brock Purdy in adversity or whatever. That's part of the adversity. And today he didn't necessarily answer the call. I, I still think it was impressive for him to lead them down for a chance to win the game, you know, after playing the worst game of his career. Um, but ultimately they lost this game. And, and like you said, it's time to move on to Minnesota. All right. Another thing I wrote down that stunk, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. What, what I wrote about Kyle Shanahan that stunk was the four basically his clock and game management at the end. Yeah. Now, let's start with when the Niners are up 17-16 with 321 left in the game. Yes. They get the ball. The Browns have two timeouts. You want to run some clock there, force them yes. to use their timeouts yes. there. It's kind of football one-on-one. The offensive line was getting abused. Purdy mm-hmm. was not accurate. He was having his, the worst game of his career. And Kyle proceeded to throw the ball three times. Three straight times, yep. They go three and out in 16 seconds off the clock. What the hell was the thought process there? I I, I just, I don't have any idea. I, yeah. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know. Jordan Mason was was doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. He was having 5.4 yards per carry, I think, or something mm-hmm. like that on the day. He did okay. You don't trust him to, to, to get one there? Yeah. You know, that was that that was bad. And then the other play, or the other time it was at the end of the game, he seemed very content to kick a 41-yard field goal. Instead of maybe trying to get some extra yards with one timeout left. Yeah. You got a timeout left. You have time mm-hmm. left. Do a quick run. Even if you get three or four more yards, it might help. Mm-hmm. He lets the clock go down and pretty spikes it with seven seconds left. And then you're kicking a 41 yarder uh, for the next person who stinks. And we'll talk about him. But for, for that to happen to me, the clock management was awful, awful at the end of the game. And that was, yeah. again, there were a million reasons why they, they lost, but, that that was a big one too. Yeah, I I think I I think of of all of that the, the to me the the biggest blunder was calling a pass on first down, right? And mm-hmm. because ultimately that required you to then call passes on second and third down because of calling a pass on first down. Right. That to me, I'm like 
I don't, I just don't understand why there was not a run play called like I, you are overthinking it at that point, because to me, my thought process, if I'm trying to get in Kyle Shanahan's head is they know that a run is coming. So it's probably not going to be successful. So let's do play action. See if they over pursue and, you know, and, and, and maybe we can catch them by surprise. Again, you're getting too cute by half there, right? Just Mm -hmm. run the ball. You don't, you just need to run clock. That's all you need to do and force them to use their timeouts. Even if you run the ball three times and you don't get a first down, at least now you force them to use their timeouts. Like it's not just about it, it. It's not just about getting the three first downs to ice the game. There's a lot more that goes into the thought process there. And, and I believe if I'm not mistaken, I think I read that, that he kind of said, as much like I basically I fucked up <laughs> um, in the I didn't see press that. Conference. Did he say that? In the I, post I, game? I, I believe that he did. I could be wrong. I thought I saw something essentially addressing calling the, you know, calling those plays with with three minutes and 12 seconds left or, or however long it was. But and, and then also, you know, when he when he did not attempt to get more yardage for that field goal, to me, what that was, was that was conservative Kyle and that was I don't even want to give the opportunity for them to force a fumble or -hmm. something along those lines right you he was coaching not to lose rather than coaching to win in my opinion when he made that decision and that's another you know I I think another blunder at the end of the game again are we saying that Kyle Shanahan's an awful coach no but I do think that game management and clock management is still largely his biggest weakness as a head coach. Uh, and and we ha- I don't I don't even think it's close at this point. And we have to criticize. He deserves to be criticized there. You yeah. can be you can be Andy fucking Reed, who has traditionally had some clock management issues himself, or Bill Belichick or whoever. Yeah. If you handle the end of the game the way that Kyle handed it today, you deserve criticism. Sure. Again, for this situation, it doesn't mean you're right. like, oh, what? Who else would you rather have coach? I'm not, nobody's saying that. no one. No one is saying <laughs> this is team is still going to be a team that's going to win a lot of games. Yes, and may play in the Super Bowl. But for this instance, for today, he deserves criticism for how he handled the end of that game. And you know, yeah. Steve Wilkes probably deserves some criticism too for whatever the hell mm-hmm. that defense was doing out there today as well. Mm-hmm. Mix up some blitzes, something, man. So the coaching staff yeah. today wasn't happy. Part of what stunk. What else stunk, Brian, that, that I wrote down? And I put a bunch, bunch of exclamation points by this one. Jake Moody. Yeah. And we don't know what Jake Moody, if this is going to be, again, just it was just a bad week six, and he's kicking big field goals in January. That could very well happen. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But for today, mm-hmm. you use a third-round pick on a kicker and fail to re-sign Robbie Gold, who hit those kicks mm-hmm. an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Pretty clutch. Robbie Gold, and you bring him in to win that game, and he misses it. It wasn't the 54 yarder that we talked about earlier, which is just what are you going to do? A 54 yard kick is you can't go crazy outdoors. Right. It's 41. You you need you need to make that kick, and he did not, and he ended up now having a really bad day. And now there are question marks about him in a big spot. And the only mm-hmm. way we're going to know differently is next time we see him in a big spot. And there were right. question marks about him at in the at the end of the preseason. And he mm-hmm. came out and answered those. He did. He did. Mm-hmm. He did a good five games. But now today they needed him in a big spot. They needed him to win a game for a team. And he didn't do it. So now we don't know. 
we don't have anything in the, in the past that we can say, well, I don't care about what he did at Michigan. I don't care. We don't have anything right. in the NFL in the past that's going to say, okay, this guy's this guy's going to hit big kicks. It was just whatever. He, he missed it today. Again, maybe yeah. a wet field, whatever. We don't. He just missed the kick. We don't know. So right now, yeah. that's another thing. Like you said with the old line, I'm not screaming like, oh my god, this is a huge issue. We don't. We don't know. It's something again, just to kind of put in the back of your head and say, this could be something to worry about. Yeah, you know, and and we were getting dangerously close to me having to give him another pep talk because he kept kicking kickoffs out of bounds, and he hasn't done that in a while. So kudos to Jake for for fixing that problem, whatever that was, or Brian Schneider finally being like, all right, we're going to stop trying to, you know, kick it at an angle and and try and force a return, like just kick mm-hmm. it in the end zone. And that's great. So kudos to Jake. But, uh, but this one's tough. This one's tough because this is the first time that he's been relied on by his entire team to make a kick and 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 win the game and he missed and Mm -hmm. you got to wonder what that does to somebody's psyche you know especially uh a player who i guarantee has has heard plenty about how ridiculous it is that this team spent a third round pick on a kicker Mm -hmm. and you know somebody on a team full of all pros and pro bowlers and veterans who are busting their ass to win a super bowl and you got to know listen there are going to be there's going to be probably at least two or three more times this season where you're going to be in this position it might not necessarily be at the end of the game to win it but it might be at a point in the game where it is imperative that you make this field goal and are you going to be able to flush this you know flush this loss and flush that missed kick or those two missed kicks, right? Because again, the 54 yarder, it is what it is. But if he makes that, he's, he doesn't have to kick that 41 yarder uh, because they already would have won the game. So, you know, it's twice that he missed, which essentially lost, cost them the game. Both, both misses, you could say cost them the game. So at this point, you, you just have to, you just have to hope that if the situation arises again, he is ready for it and, and things are different. But if, if he misses, you know, if he misses another easy one, then, uh, then you might hear, have to hear another pep talk because, uh, I got a lot of egg on my face right now. Cause I, I defended Jake a lot. I defended that pick a ton because to me it made sense, but this is an ouch for sure. And I would say that if, and I'll be perfectly honest. If this does happen again, if if he misses another kick that costs the team a victory, I would not be surprised if following that game, there is report of some soft tissue injury or something of the like to Jake Moody. And Robbie Gold is wearing the red and gold again because he's still out there and he's still available. And for a team with a with Super Bowl aspirations and a shitload of cap space now, Robbie paying Robbie gold is not nearly as big a deal as it was when they decided not to. So I I don't think, I don't think that's that. I would not be surprised in the slightest if that happens. And we'll see, he still has time to redeem himself, but we know draft status doesn't mean shit to this team. They just traded away a quarterback. They took third overall. Yep. doesn't matter if he's not getting the job done, especially with this team ready to win. Now I agree. They would, they would do something. I don't know. They would cut ties with him, but I agree with you. You could see like, Oh, Hey, he's hurt. 
though he's not really hurt and you do something mm-hmm. else. But I think we're we're a little bit away from that still. He is he can obviously Agreed. redeem himself. Injuries. Injuries stunk, Brian. Dre Greenlaw, they missed the hell out of him today. And one thing with mm-hmm. this team, they don't have the depth at line. They don't have an Al Shire to come in anymore, right? To come yeah. in and, and he's not as good as Greenlaw, but someone that can make an impact. I don't know that there is another guy there to back him up anymore. Honestly, I I didn't feel terrible about how Oren Burks played. In fact, he had that uh, touchdown-saving tackle on Amari Cooper, which to me was incredibly impressive because it sh- showed that you know Burks has speed. But he's not anywhere near the level of of Dre Greenlaw, and that is quite evident. And or, I wouldn't or be surprised. Shire, the, or Al Shire, for sure. Al Shire, and, and Al, Al Shire balled out against the Ravens for the Titans today, which was awesome to see. I was glad to see him playing well. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if you see the 49ers extend Greenlaw again, right? They extended him mm-hmm. to like a two-year deal uh before the beginning of last season i wouldn't be surprised if we look at it and or if we hear relatively soon that they've extended him again and obviously it's going to be a a bigger deal than the one that he got but this defense fred warner and dre greenlaw largely make this defense what it is and when greenlaw is off the field it the defense feels it so i thought it was today. it's big time yeah. And and also with Debo not being out there, how many games like this have you seen yeah. where the Niners just the offense isn't moving and they throw him a little screen pass and he just does yep. something amazing? Yep. Not having that again available. Another thing takes a lot out. I mean, the Niners have a ton of weapons and they can they can get by without him. But we've just seen he's a special player. And special player make special players make special plays in games like this. And not to yep. have him out there again, huge. And obviously with CMC too, I thought you know Kyle probably does run if he has McCaffrey at the end of the game. Because probably, yeah, he loves McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. McCaffrey would have gotten the ball there in some capacity in those, yes. those three plays with 321 left. So it definitely changed the way Kyle called the game, not having McCaffrey. And that, that worries me a little bit too. It is a gigantic drop off from anyone from Christian McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. Home. Yeah. Not just on their team, really, from to almost anyone. So right. they're going to feel that. So it looks like Debo is going to be okay based on what we heard tonight. Hopefully, that X ray is negative. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he's not out for a little while. But McCaffrey, last we heard it was an oblique, and we don't know. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see how that goes. Do, do I, are they going to be okay against Minnesota? Probably. Then you have Cincinnati. Then you have a bye. Let's just mm-hmm. hope that it's something that he can get back from quickly because obliques can, you know, obliques can linger. So, yeah. Yeah, soft tissue issues are never uh, never anything that you want when when you're hoping that that player gets back on the field because they can be unpredictable. And, you know, he came out and he ran that ball one time and then immediately went back out. And you're like, oh, no, that's not great. You know, he not he he ran to the locker room, which I thought was a good sign. But um, and then Trent Williams, obviously, is another one. Yes. Um, you know, he left he left the game in a walking boot. Um, n- again, not something that you want to see is that, you know, do you give him a week? against minnesota which doesn't really have a very good defense maybe you might you might want to think about that um but but yeah this is this is the first game where the 49ers have come out of it with some concerning injuries and we talk all the time about this team and how good this team is and and then we always throw the caveat health permitting which you know is an nfl caveat it's not it's not just a caveat for the 49ers but yeah injuries uh you know, and and that's the other thing is, what what happened today 
was that the 49ers met their physical match in the Cleveland Browns defense. They're not used to being bullied. They're used to being the bullies. And, and today mm-hmm. they got bullied and they didn't respond like they have in the past when that has happened in that, you know, they come out in the second half and, and they kind of, you know, Kyle makes adjustments and they start getting the ball out quicker and, and things like that. And that was it's surprising to me. You know, I don't feel like they really made any second half adjustments on either side of the ball which is the first time that I could say that all year. Um, and that was a little bit surprising to me, uh, you know, and that goes back to, you know, the coaching and, and, you know, the, I, to me, the one silver lining is uh, CMC extended his streak with a touchdown, which I thought was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But every other awesome streak that was going is, 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 is dead now. So yeah, the 30 uh, points Purdy was yeah. Purdy. Purdy ended up being the last QB one in the NFL for the 2023 season uh to throw an interception his first interception because stroud had thrown it one earlier in the day mm-hmm. um against the saints but uh but yeah it's um you know in, in in a loss like this like i said silver lining cmc extended that touchdown streak and then for me the biggest silver lining is despite being shitty all day uh brock purdy still led this team to a potential victory at the end of the game, which I I think answers uh, some questions uh, in terms of, of how he responds to adversity. So uh, kudos to Brock and it's time to turn the page. This episode is supported by FX's clipped the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owners, racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Huh? Might be as bad as they'll play all year and they still should have won. So yeah, the only this, is his worst, this is his yeah. worst game as a pro, for sure. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I'll say before we get out of here that stunk is I, I talked last show about how good my betting went last week and today. Oh no. Just on the shitter, yeah. Well, I mean, oh, a lot no. of it was I'll mix in things on the money line. So we had the Niners and a few things on the money line. They just had to fucking win. And Philly just had to beat the Jets. Jalen Hurts just threw an interception. Jets score that ran, got run back to like the eight yard line. Jets put it in for a touchdown. And now Zach Wilson is kneeling for the win. So Philly is. Let's also- go. Let's go. Go, Jets. What a weird week, man. What a weird go, week. Go, Jets. I'm sorry you lost your bet, Al, but that's huge. I'm standing. I, I, I appreciate that because I was watching before I came into the office to to record this and i was like hey it's like it was like 14 to 12 i was like these the jets, jets are giving the eagles all that they want and i love it and the, the jets have life at three and three right now they got life it's although freaking what listen kirk i know you're a family man but come on man come on go to the jets do it go they won today to the jets. they won today too i probably not going to trade him Oh, well, he already, we'll see he, how my bill- he already said he wasn't going to waive his no trade clause. He oh, I didn't see that. that. Did he say that? Yeah. Kirk, Kirk said that this week. He wasn't, he wasn't uh, inclined I, to I waive his no one. trade clause. So that's why I said, I know you're a family man, but, and I think that's largely why, but come on, man. Although, you know, who was on the field today, freaking throwing footballs around Aaron Rodgers was at He's the game He's on the field, back. pregame throwing footballs, not even in a walking boot. That is insanity. 
that would insanity. be a cool story if the Jets can kind of hang around and get in the playoffs and Rodgers comes yeah. back. That would be I mean, cool. that Jets defense uh, is 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 going to carry them. And I mean, it's 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 like the it's like the the 49ers of the past. That defense can carry them as long as Zach Wilson doesn't burn the the building down. They're they're going to yeah. win games for sure. Um, Seattle loses. They go three and two. Right, yes. three and two. Rams win. Yep. They beat the Cardinals, who are going to be nothing. Rams are three and three. So those teams are hanging around with the Niners. I'm still not super worried about the division at all. And props to the Lions who go in and win a tough game at Tampa, 20 to six, and they're five and one along with the mm-hmm. Niners and the Eagles in the AFC. So that's going to be fun. Well, Lions are Lions are fun as shit to me. I, I really like are. watching them. They're a good they story. They should win their division going away if everybody stays healthy. And yeah. maybe they're going to be right there with the Niners and the Eagles. Who knows? Maybe that deep that 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 Lions defense has been really good to start the season, which is yeah, was was the big question mark going into the season. We knew the offense would be good, but uh, and that offense it looked really good with Jamison Williams in it, who was back in yeah. that. Yeah, that and their offense makes them even better. Really good offensive line yeah. is terrific. So it's going to be yep. it'll be fun, man. We'll see. Listen, the Niners weren't going to eighteen and all, right? No, or seventeen and all. Sorry, wasn't going to happen. So these are, they're going to lose. They lost today. They're going to lose another game, probably two, probably maybe three. Yeah. Yep. It's going to happen um, just the way the season goes. So don't go too crazy. I think next week they're going to bounce back big time, and we will break that all down. We're trying to get a Vikings beat writer on. I reached out to a couple today. We'll see if we can get them on and talk about the Vikings. We'll try to get somebody on to talk about them. Um, see how that goes. So Yeah, I, I, will, I would like to say to anybody listening, please do not put on the timeline at all this week anything about Sam Darnold or Kirk Cousins, or anything of the like. There is no reason to overreact to this Brock Purdy game. Like I said, these things are going to happen, but ultimately he put this team in position to win the game at the end, and that's really all that you can ask for in your quarterback. Let's move on. Let's turn the page. No talk about Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold or any other quarterback being in red and gold. Brock Purdy is the quarterback. Kyle Shanahan and this team love him. They believe in him. He had a down game today. He will bounce back. It's one of the things I love most about him. On to Minnesota. All right. I'm going to go throw some money on the Bills Giants game to try to make up for my shitty day today. Do it. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) For Brian, I'm out. Later. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company.